International Orienteering Podcast Mapping Compass Navigation Skill Orienteering Competition like International Orienteering Podcast International Orienteering Podcast uh, warm, Warmly welcome to you again to a new episode uh, of uh, Orienteering Talk uh, here uh, with us uh, even if it's December, there is, uh, of course, some orienteering to talk about. Um, uh, anything special you have noticed the last week, Eva? Uh, well, it's been some orienteering races, uh, not the most competitive ones. Uh, and we have seen some some strong orienteers taking part in different running races. Uh, but yeah, I think the, the main point this week is the interview with uh, Jakob Shalupski, uh, the junior world champion from the long distance this summer. Uh, a very interesting guy for the future. Yeah, and uh, he has uh, some uh, very interesting uh, thoughts about uh, also next uh, season and uh, years to come. But uh, I think uh, we can start with some uh, news uh, from the last week. Uh, uh, Silva has uh, awarded a stipendium, uh, which they call Care More. And uh, this year, uh, I think it's really nice to see that... Uh, uh, a girl or woman called Ter- Therese Wikström is uh, awarded the silver stipendium uh, because she has helped uh, Ukraini- Ukrainian runners in Savadol with uh, yeah both uh, uh, to come to Sweden and to have uh, a place to stay and uh, to get into the club environment there in uh, this uh, club outside uh, Göteborg. It's really nice to see that uh, Silva and this stipendium also is not uh, as it earlier. I think it was uh, just for top athletes, uh, this stipendium. But now it's more uh, for those who it works around in clubs and taking care of uh, yeah, the environment and so on in the clubs. Yeah, and that's probably uh, more important in many ways because these are people that normally don't get... Uh, uh, a knowledge uh, for what the work they're doing. Uh, so yeah, big, big uh, cheers for yeah, for the work Therese Wikström and Sevedan is doing for the Ukrainian refugees. And uh, from uh, work with the refugees, we can uh, also mention, uh, I, I really appreciate those who is uh, working uh, lots of uh, hours as volunteers. And uh, I saw uh, that uh, one who has done a lot for orienteering in uh, 27 years actually working in the IOF, David May, the, a guy from Great Britain, he is uh, stepping back uh, after doing a lot of work for IOF, uh, especially with the world ranking uh, format and uh, also by, with the world masters. Um, and uh, he is now 75 years and... Uh, has worked for uh, uh, IOF almost half his uh, life. Really impressive, I think. And uh, such uh, such persons is uh, essential for uh, a sport like orienteering. Definitely. And he is also my, my favorite, David May. Uh, I remember also in the 90s, there was an English footballer called David May. Uh, uh, but yeah, David May, the orienteer, has been... Uh, much more influential in my life than the footballer. <laughs> yeah, the footballer, he played uh, Man United, I think. Yeah. 
He was a central uh, back uh, in Man United in the 90s. But from the 90s to Tiamila 2024, uh, it came this week that uh, Tiamila 2025, I mean, will be uh, held in Finsbong. Same arena as in uh, 2010. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, maybe not the most creative choice. I mean, now we in 2023 we get the 2024. Sorry, we get the same arena as in 2018, and now in 2024, same as in 2010. So yeah, but yeah, five years and ten years, uh, fifteen years, it's a big difference. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, there was also Uring in there in 2019. So yeah, it will definitely not be a new terrain and a new experience for for most people going to Tumila in 2025. Uh, yeah, you you ran at Jumilla in uh, 2010 uh, there in Finspong. Uh, it was uh, yeah, it was Kalman uh, they won the the men's uh, relay there. Uh, it was a uh, big as uh, uh, a big uh, bunch of guys running the long leg uh, there, long night, uh, and um, you know uh, Askil Schindeberg. Uh, some years later, he won the world champs, but uh, this uh, this year in 2010, he was only 18 years old, and he was running for Jaimor, uh, a local club in Norway, on this long night leg. And when he came back from uh, this long night, uh, uh, he was in the leading pack there, together with uh, Anders Nuberg, who maybe was the the driver of this train, if we, if we would call it that. But uh, Schinneberg was uh, definitely not. He, he hasn't been um, opening his map uh, once. And it was in this, uh, it was uh, rolled together with, uh, and he has just uh, been running all the way, not looking at map at once. Not yeah, but you know, if you, if you, if you're going out with the, with the right guys and you know that they are more, they're better than you, they're more safe than you and, they are also stronger physically, so I mean, you need to really focus everything to just stay with them. I think that's a that's a good tactic when you know that the leg is unforked and everyone are going to the same controls. Yeah, but that's, uh, I mean, uh, quite impressive actually uh, as an 18-year-old uh, youngster. Uh, this uh, weekend it was uh, another uh, youngster who impressed uh, in the European Champs in cross-country running. In uh, out just outside uh, central Brussels uh, in Belgium, uh, a Swiss guy. Yeah, so Mattia Bierer, uh, first year junior in 2023. Uh, he was running in the under 20 class and he got the top 15 with the 14th place. Uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty good result for him. We know that he's a very he's a very good orienteer, two times fourth place this year at Jaywalk. Uh, and he's also a very fast runner. I think last year he ran 8.38, something like that, on 3,000 meters, which is insanely good for a 16-year-old. Um, but yeah, here he is, in this company, he's still, he's still small. I mean, the, the, the best guys uh, are really, really good. Uh, this Dutch guy, Nils Lagos, he was number two in the race, and he did 3.31 at the 1,500 meters this year. And it's been running far, far below 1330 and 5000 meter. So I think that would have been hard to beat even for the for the best orienteers in the world. Uh, so yeah, no no wonder why Matteo was a little bit down. But I think a top 15 place in a cross-country race. And I think he was also the best Swiss runner. Uh, so it was a good good performance by him. 
and uh, there was also a former orienteer who impressed uh, there. Yeah, so Megan Keith, I wonder if it's the third time in a row or something like that she win the European Champs cross country. And she was totally dominant in the under 23 class. Uh, she was winning with almost one and a half minutes. So basically, she just ran away from them directly and yeah, got a big, big gap. Uh, I, I'm really, really interested to see her next year in the athletic season because I think she can be, I think she can be in the Olympics, uh, and yeah, that would be a, a great achievement for her. Uh, even though you know, both of us, of course, wish that she would rather prioritize the the world champs knockout sprint in in scotland instead but i think those i think she's unfortunately she's too good in athletics to come back to orienteering uh in um, norway about being an orienteer and not an orienteer anymore uh, in norway uh last week uh, we got this uh, uh taxes from last year and in norway this is officially so all the newspapers are using half the week to uh, announce uh, how, who is earning most money and so on. And uh, and in one paper I saw here, uh, they have uh, three, uh, uh, two former orienteering runners and one uh, still orienteering runners, runner uh, on the page. And it's Kasper Fossa, Inge Lundmark Tandevold, a biathlete, and uh, speed skater Ragnar Wicklund. And uh, the headline is, uh, they are all in the world top in their sports, but uh, earning, yeah, uh, earning the income is really different. And uh, Kasper Fossa, he is earning less than uh, both the other two, I think. But uh, definitely most for the biathlete, Inge Landmark Tandavo. Yeah, I think... uh... Yeah, of course, uh, orienteering is a small sport with no no big TV rights and stuff like that. And also ice skating is a little bit better, but they are also struggling TV-wise and with sponsors and stuff like that. And biathlon on the other side is really, really popular in, yeah, of course, in, in Norway and Scandinavia, but also in the in the Central Europe. So there is a lot of money. So even if Kasper Fosse is the best orienteer in the world, uh, there is no surprise that a, a biathlete that is maybe in the top 10 in the world uh, is making a lot more money. Uh, I think it's essential for the biathlete that, uh, yeah, it's a big uh, spot uh, in the Central Europe. Uh, I think actually the biathletes uh, are earning more than uh, the cross-country skiers uh, in, in price money and so on. Yeah, definitely. So I think, uh, yeah. I think uh, Ingrid Tandrevold, she was doing orienteering until like she was uh, yeah, 15 or something like that. And then she focused on on, on biathlon. So she's never really been an elite orienteer. Uh, Ragnar Wicklund on the other side, she's like maybe the best skater on some distances now in ice skating. But she was also a very, very good uh, orienteer. She has been meddling at Jaywalk and she's also been running in the World Cup. So, uh, so she was definitely an elite orienteer as well. Yeah, she got the bronze medal in the J-Book Relay in Hungary, uh, 2018. Uh, but from uh, races in 2018, we can uh, look at some races that has been held uh, last week and uh, last weekend. Yeah, uh, because saw, down, yeah. down in the south, there is still very warm weather and nice orienteering conditions. And yeah, this, time, this week we had races in... Uh, Madeira and in in Spain, so we can start on the on the island. 
Yeah, we talked about Madeira last week also, but uh, also this week it was uh, three races down there. Yeah, and the race is, is like the weekend is called like uh, Machico City Race, last round Euro City Race or something like that. A funny, funny name. Uh, but yeah, orienteering weekend in Madeira, three races Friday to Sunday. Uh, yeah, a couple of hundred participants. Uh, and yeah, generally, I was looking at the maps and of the, of the old maps and stuff, and it looks uh, like it's quite interesting area. Uh, it was a night sprint, then a mid- middle distance, and then urban long distance. And, you know, these kind of 10, 8, 10 kilometer long sprint races where you run yeah, maybe 30 minutes or something like that, uh, or even longer. Um, and then, yeah, uh, in the men elite, there was around 50 runners, and women's elite, there around 30 runners, so still pretty big for Madeira that is like a a new orienteering destination and of course there's not only local runners but also some some runners coming from yeah from from spain from portugal and also also we had a, a lot of norwegian guys uh, running in the elite class yeah some uh, norwegian juniors there yep and yeah so basically the races it's not that interesting uh, to say who won but uh, yeah we can say that dana honshakova a czech runner that's been living in in Madeira the last few years uh, she won all the three races on the women's side and then Alfred Björneröd uh, maybe one of the best Norwegian juniors this year uh, and one guy we definitely should watch out for next year uh, leading up to Jaywalk uh, he won all the three races on the men's side yeah he will be quite interesting uh, I think uh, in the junior class uh, next season he's now uh, on uh, basically training camps in the south south for uh, all the winter uh, Madeira now and then is going to Tenerife just after New Year and uh, so on. Uh, should we uh, continue to Spain five days or uh, more to? No, we can jump to we can jump to Spain. Spain is a more of a traditional orienteering destination, uh, but yeah, uh, not a lot of foreign runners uh, and also very pretty small elite fields. I mean, in the women's class, it was. Yeah, not more than 10, 15, 20 runners the different day and in men's class a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, it's a intense, intense program. Uh, six stages in the five days. Uh, so w- one stage every day and then one stage with two. Uh, these were these races were held in the yeah, western Spain in the province of Badajoz next to the Portuguese border, but not down to the south coast. So basically a little bit in 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 from the into the mainland and it's been it's an area where i've never been before so uh, i don't really know how the terrain looks like but i mean yeah from from the similar terrains or the close by terrains in portugal and and uh, and southern spain i think it's uh yeah, you can get a quite good image of how it looks like from the maps uh, so it seems yeah some days pretty interesting some days a little bit less interesting but that's how it is uh, and yeah elite classes were not that big uh, and yeah it's not that uh, competitive uh, so in the men's class for example alvaro casado he won all the six events and i mean that's no no surprise he's he's clearly the best spaniards uh, in the sprint race and also in the forest races when luis noguera is not taking part uh, and on the women's side there was a little bit more changes where ana toledo she won four stages uh, a Swedish girl, Jenny Börsen Eriksson, she won the first race. And then also another Spanish girl, Maria Prieto, won one race. So there at least we had three girls sharing the six, six victories. Uh, so, uh, yeah, quite, 
quite dominant there from uh, two uh, runners who uh, yeah uh, had uh, uh, respectively six and four victories in in six races there. Um, uh, from uh, races and uh, results um, this weekend and last week um, to uh, silly season and uh, what will uh, happen and uh, runners who will compete in new club colors next uh, season, I was uh, s- supposed to say. Yeah, uh, silly season is rolling on. Uh, a few things are happening every week and we saw some some, some interesting things being announced. Uh, uh, one uh, one thing we've been speaking quite a lot about in the last uh, few weeks is this new Danish project in Fagrum Tisvilde. Uh, so far, I haven't seen any official announcement of any runners that are, are going there, uh, but we got the first first confirmation in this uh, Orienteer pod, uh, a podcast from Ralph Street, Tim Robertson, and, and the Danish guy Magnus Devet. And Magnus Devet, he will be running for Fagrum Tisvilde uh, internationally. Uh, he's he's been running for Panovaris, and he will he will continue to represent Panovaris in races in Denmark. But he will run for Fagrum Tisvilde in the big relays. Um, and yeah, I mean, this episode of Orienteer Pod came. I think it came out just after we had recorded last time, so we didn't hear it. Uh, so it's not it's not completely new. Uh, but yeah, you can go back in your podcast app and find uh, find this pod uh, from Orienteer Pod. It's I think the title is "Make Danish Orienteering Great Again," and it's an interesting talk about the recruitment process. Both yeah, both Ralph Street and Tim Robertson are also telling their stories of how they have ended up in different clubs over the years. Uh, so very very interesting to hear uh, if you want to know a little bit more. Uh, if you if you've not been one of those runners that have been recruited by the bigger Scandinavian clubs, I think there is uh, some interesting interesting points in the in this episode. Yeah, and uh, we talked about incomes and taxes uh, earlier on in this episode, and also they are talking about that in the football and other sports. It's uh, almost uh, yeah, you uh, if even if you don't get the exact uh, incomes of the players and. Uh, so on in orienteering, that's uh, quite diffuse. Uh, how much uh, they are getting from the clubs? Definitely, and yeah, I don't think we should start trying to 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 to, to talk more of and solve and find out these things. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's it's complex. Uh, it always also big big differences. I mean, I I guess some top runners are getting quite a lot more than other top runners and. Some some very good runners are getting much less than you would than you would guess. Uh, so yeah, that's an interesting part about the orienteering sport. Uh, but yeah, of course, money is not really the a big factor. Um, but yeah, uh, interesting to at least now we have one name down for the Fagrumtisvilde team, and I I wonder if they will not. Yeah, I mean I think I don't think the project have a website or any social media that they are regularly updating yet so basically we we don't know much what will happen and so it could be that we we don't know anything and then maybe in february or something we see uh, we get the full list of 20 runners joining the club that would be interesting to see how it turns out yeah and about the incomes and big uh, changes uh, there is uh, maybe one coming 
Yeah, uh, so Alfta Ösa, uh, one of the clubs that have been having very good results on the women's side in the big relays the last yeah, eight, ten years. Uh, they have announced that they are yeah, thanking two of the girls uh, that have been winning. Uh, Venla, I think they've been winning. Uh, and also a podium at the Tumila. Um, um, they are, yeah, they are thanking them for the effort over the years. Uh, and now that I said it, I'm starting to think maybe there's only one of these girls that was in the team when they won Venla. But uh, maybe you will you will know that. Uh, so yeah, uh, Natalia Gempele, the big star of the Alftaösa team, uh, she is leaving Alftaösa. Uh, no new club is announced, and I'm not sure that we will see her running the relays uh, next year. Um, I think she she's been quite open about her disapprovement of the the changes in Tiumila uh, and also with Yukula often being quite close to the world championship uh, for example she didn't run Yukula this year uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if uh, if we don't see her in a new club this year uh, but I mean yeah it would also not surprise me if she if she if she gets a new club and she will be there uh, but I think that's a bit 50 50. and then also Irina Nyberg uh, she will leave Alfa and she, I'm not sure if she was in the team that won Venla. Do you know that on top of your head? I can't uh, take it from top of my head, but the uh, most ep- epic uh, episode with uh, Alfa Ösa was uh, in the Tiumila uh, in Göteborg, just outside Göteborg, when they lost uh, until the last controller. Oh yeah, that's true. Natalia Gempler was leading with uh, not a comfortable amount of time, but it was enough that it should be solved and she, then she made a mistake was it on the second last control or third last control yeah yeah uh, but yeah that was and then two alexanderson poster so that was a very interesting relay to follow uh, but yeah in in 2017 yeah so the same year uh, after being second in in tiumila they went in one one Ukula, and irina nibeg was not running for them it was galina vinur radova Josefin heika sara eskilsson and then natalia gempel on the last day so yeah uh, but nibeg has been running for them quite some some years and she's been running a lot of good relay legs, um, and she's going to to Järla, uh, the Stockholm club, um, one of the clubs that we know that some years they are doing good in the relays, and other years they are not doing good. But they have a they have a, a solid core of runners, and with Caroline Olsson on the last leg, if she's in top form and she gets a good position, uh, that can be and that can mean that Yala will be one of the teams we will see high up in the in the women's relay at the Team Milanipola this year. They have been winning uh, Team Milan and women's side in uh, Nyköping before. In Ninasam before, yeah. Ninasam, Ninasam, I'm sorry. Yeah. In uh, 2018. Uh yeah. yeah, we continue to uh, to Finland. There yep, so here here we have one uh it were two young guys, uh one uh one of the transfers are maybe not so big and one of the trends first is is really big uh and i'm yes we can start with the not so big one uh anti sorsa he will change from espon sunta to uh to turin messing yeah, so turin so no i'm messing Tampere. up Tampere Pirente, not turin we're going to Tampere, not to obo sorry uh so yeah his brother has been running for Tampere Pirente quite some years alexis orsa and now Anti Sorsa will follow his older brother. And Anti Sorsa is a he's a good runner. Uh, he in 2022 he was that was his last year's junior, and he was pretty good there. Not that 
far away from Jaywalk team. He was yeah, generally in the top 10 of the men 20 runners in Finland. Uh, but then I've not seen much of him in the results in 2023. Uh, yeah, could be injuries and so on. Uh, but I, I, I expect that when he's changing now from, from Esponsunta to Tampere Pirento, that means that he has some ambitions. Uh, so maybe he's one of the guys we will see in a few years' time uh, running for Tampere Pirento uh, in the big relays. And then we have a bigger one, uh, and that's uh, Jakub Szalupski, um, the junior world champion on the long distance this year, uh, our guest in this uh, uh, in this episode. And I think that he is announcing this uh, club change in the interview with you. I have not seen it anywhere on the internet or social media yet uh, when we are recording this on Monday. Uh, so hopefully, I think we are all here with the scoop. Uh, and I think we, yeah, we can, we can let him, uh, spill the beans in the interview. Uh, so I'm, I'm just saying that Jakob Szalupski is changing from Iko Hakarspojkana, Iko Hoppe. And in the interview with him, we will, we will hear which club is going to. Should we just go to the interview or should we say that, uh, Jakob Szalupski was the king of Jaywalk, uh, this, uh, summer with, uh, two gold medals and one silver medal and, uh, sixth uh, place yeah so i mean when you're saying these results i mean it's quite obvious that this is a guy that has a potentially a huge future and therefore also a very interesting guys in the silly season segment when he's uh, because this is a guy that can be a dominant runner in the big relays in yeah maybe not next year but give him a few years to get up at the top level and then he can be a dominant force for for 10 years and he is uh, doing some uh, changes uh in his uh, environment and uh, club and uh, also in the training. So I think we should uh, just listen to what he has to tell us. Even National or Interim Podcast uh, is in contact with a really interesting, young, uh, promising runner uh, in Czech Republic, uh, Jakub Szalupski. How are you doing here uh, early December? Uh, hello. Thank you for uh, inviting me in uh, your podcast. Um, now it's a pretty uh, stressful uh, month for me because... Uh, I'm preparing for exams, which I have in schools, and uh, uh, at the same time I have I have to train, so it's quite a lot of uh, tasks to do right now. But uh, I'm really looking forward when I will be done with the exams because I will move for half a year to Finland uh, for Erasmus Plus program, and I'm really looking forward to that. So I have great motivation to complete all the tasks and. Uh, so yeah, I'm motivated by, but uh, a bit stressed right now. But thank you uh, for inviting me. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, interesting. A uh, couple of interesting things there. Uh, Finland. Uh, where in Finland are you moving? Uh, I'm moving to Tampere, Tampere, and uh, uh, to University of Applied Sciences in Tampere. So uh, it seems to me like a really good. Uh, uh, chance to 
uh, train with uh, the local people and uh, get some new experiences for the following seasons. Yeah, it sounds uh, really exciting. In Norway, we are uh, saying that um, when you're moving as an orienteer to Trondheim, you are uh, running for Antanui and just uh, studying beside. And uh, I think we will uh, maybe uh, expect the same for you. You are running, uh, orienteering and preparing for Finland 2025 and just studying uh, beside or am I wrong? No, you are uh, right. Uh, that was also uh, one of the things why I chose uh, Finland because there is uh, World Championships uh, 2025, uh, which is my long-term goal, I can say. Uh, so uh, that was also one of the reasons uh, why I chose uh, Tampere, uh, where it's also a good, uh, good basement to train and. Uh, uh, to prepare for walk, so that was also uh, the reason. Really good uh, training environment there, and uh, and uh, when are you moving? Just uh, after Christmas, or is it uh, uh, later in the spring? Oh, it's just <laughs> just right after the Christmas, uh, like second uh, of January. So I expect quite a lot of snow here. So the first month uh, can be. Uh, pretty snowy and uh, hard to train uh, by my feet, but uh, I'm looking forward also for some uh, uh, cross-country skiing, uh, which is uh, also a really good uh, option uh, how to train uh, endurance uh, during the winter. So I'm also looking forward to that. Uh, have you been doing a lot of cross-country skiing uh, earlier on so that you are... Uh into the techniques uh yeah yeah i've done a lot of ski oriented uh <laughs> cross-country skiing with my parents so uh, when i was uh, young so i think uh i am uh quite good at uh, cross-country skiing uh, and uh, i can train uh pretty many kilometers on the skis so uh that's uh yeah great to change uh some uh, sport also during the winter yeah, you know, the heart doesn't know if you're running or uh, skiing. So it's uh, it only has to work a lot when you're taking uh, the hard uphills also in skiing. But uh, you are taking a lot of victories uh, when you were a junior. And maybe the most impressive was the long distance uh, in the jaywalk this year. We're winning with three minutes. Uh, uh, what do you do when you know uh, going into the senior age... Uh, in the training to take the big step uh, uh, into the senior class. Uh, actually, uh, it uh, it is not so big difference uh, with uh, the previous years. I would say, I just try to uh, you know uh, make some uh, bigger amount of uh, training during the week and uh, also. Uh, I try to uh, do more recovery uh, during the week than uh, than the last years, but I think I just have to keep going as I kept going the last last years because I saw that uh, it worked. And um, I think the most important thing right now is just uh, to not be injured and uh, 
train just a bit more than the previous years. And uh, I think that's the way how to succeed, uh, not the next year, but uh, the years after, which will be probably uh, uh, the more important, the more important years for me, I think. Uh, so you already know, uh, uh, trying to be calm and look uh, already two years ahead. Uh, I have also some goals for the next season, of course, uh, but uh, I can say that uh, it will be really hard uh, to, uh, uh, you know, uh, get into uh, into the high level of uh, the top athletes uh, in the world and uh, I see that it will be probably impossible to do that uh, straight uh, in the first year of my uh, adult uh, adult class in the adult class so yeah I see that uh, I will have to be really patient in the following years and then it can pay off but uh, that that's uh, that's easy to say, but uh, not so easy when you are in the in the action. To be patient, it's uh, uh, easier to spell than to be in real life. Uh, uh, when you're uh, heading towards the spring and uh, we're coming to the World Cups, uh, uh, what what are you? What are your goals then? And what about the World Champs in Scotland? Um. Yeah, you're right. It's easy to say. Uh, I still have to uh, think a lot about the training and uh, uh, make some uh, bigger steps than the previous years. Um, so I have also some goals uh, for the spring season and uh, and the season uh, in summer. Uh, I would say that uh, the main goal for the next season is for me European Championship uh, in Hungary. Uh, and uh, I would really like to prepare for uh, for this uh, uh, for this competition as good as possible. And also, I would really like to prepare for uh, the spring uh, spring uh, World Cups, uh, which are sprints. But uh, I think uh, I can prepare prepare also pretty good uh, for the sprint uh, sprint competitions. I was at the European Championship uh, last year uh, in autumn, and uh, I've done uh, some quite good, uh, uh, some quite good uh, uh, performances. So I think uh, it's possible to prepare also for for the sprint uh, competitions. Uh, but yeah. I would say that the main goal is for me the European Championship, which is in Forest. So. I would say that. Yeah, for the listeners, uh, you, we can say that uh, you were, uh, uh, was it your debut when you were, uh, was number 17 in the sprint in Czech Republic World Cup uh, at home soil uh, uh, last summer. And that shows that you are yeah, also a really good sprinter and um, the sixth place in JWOC, uh, only 11 seconds behind the medals there was also a good result. Uh, but yeah, of course, uh, Hungary um, is maybe a terrain that suits you quite uh, well. Will you also go to camps there to prepare, or will you mainly have the focus uh, on Finland uh, World Champs? Uh, I will go for the training camp in Hungary with uh, Czech uh, Czech team. 
uh, I would like to prepare for uh, for this competition uh, as good as possible, as I said, as I said. So, uh, yeah, I will attend uh, one training camp in Hungary, and then maybe uh, just right before uh, before the European Champ starts, I will go there for the last preparations. Uh, those are my plans, but uh, we will see. Uh, I also will have to fight for uh, for the uh, for the nomination here so it can be also hard because we still have uh, several good runners in Czech team and uh, I will have to fight for that as well so uh, yeah I really plan to prepare for uh, for the European champs uh, uh, pretty well but as I said the main goal is for me uh, the world champs in Finland in two years. That's why I go to Finland and I would like to do as many uh, orienteering trainings here as possible. So that's my plan now. Yeah, how will you balance that? Uh, you, you said you need a lot of uh, recovery. Uh, how will you balance it with your uh, studies? Uh, will you take the studies in uh, half... Uh... Halfway, fifty percent, or uh, less than that, or uh, how, what's the plan about that? Uh, I must say that the recovery uh, is uh, really, really important. Uh, I feel it on my body right now that uh, I need it, but uh, it's uh, really hard to com- combine it with the studies. But I believe that in Finland uh, there will be uh, many opportunities uh, how to recover. Um, I plan to use the sauna in Finland uh, a lot because uh, I like sauna uh, and in Finland uh, it's really common so uh, that will be one part of uh, my recovery program and uh, also I would like to find some uh, uh, masser in uh, Tampere and I would like to visit him as well. So that's my plan for the recovery and uh, also I will try to uh, recover, uh, recover by myself as well. Uh, so yeah, that's my plan for it. <laughs> yeah, that's the recovery part. Uh, but when you're uh, training, uh, we know there is uh, Tampere and Pirinta, uh, the big club in Tampere, and uh, uh, they will uh, maybe be real eager to have you in the club. Uh, have you signed the contract yet? Uh, actually, yeah, I've already talked to uh, to the responsible persons uh, from Tampere and Pirinte, and uh, they offered me a contract, and uh, I said yes. So I can say now that uh, I will run for Tampere and Pirinte in the next years. Yeah, yeah, that that's uh, really interesting. So then. Um... And uh, at least uh, Jukola Vieste will be a really big uh, goal, and uh, also Tiumila, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those two races will be also one of the biggest goals f- uh, in the spring season for me, I must say. I would really like to prepare for them as well. Uh, now I am a bit uh, really sad uh, that uh, I had to make a quite huge decision with the changing club uh, for which club I will run to Mila and Dukola. 
because uh, as you probably know, I ran for Ecohope in the last years. And uh, it was a really, really great experience uh, to be part of this club. And I must say now really huge thanks to all uh, members from Ecohope who supported me and helped me towards uh, my results uh, last year also. So uh, yeah, it was a really big decision for, uh, for, from me uh, in the last weeks. So uh, yeah, it was also one of the things which was really tough for me. And, uh, but now I see that uh, I have a great chance to move, uh, move forward in the Tampere Pirinto to make a large step toward uh, the World Championship in two years. So I must say I'm really looking forward to run for Tampere Pirinto. Yeah, I understand it's a big decision and a tough decision. Uh, but maybe also uh, with all respect uh, to Iko Hoppe, uh, maybe Tampere Pirinto is also a step uh, up and you need to yeah, develop to be able to take a, a important leg in the big relays in Tampere Pirinto. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, in Tampere Pirinto, I see that there are uh, many great athletes uh, with uh, such a lot of experiences, and uh, I can catch a lot of, uh, uh, you know, know-how, uh, how to orienteer in the Scandinavian terrain. And uh, it can be a huge benefit for me to train uh, uh, the year I will move to Tampere for me. So, uh, yeah. That's... Yeah, when the snow is uh, melting and uh, even though there are some darks in the evenings, uh, I think the night orienteering there uh, will be really challenging and good for uh, you coming up from Czech Republic. Uh, uh, is, are you aiming for a night leg in the big relay, or will you try to get a leg in the end of the relays? Uh, I must say that I don't know uh, which leg I will aim for right now. Uh, when I will come to Finland, uh, maybe uh, the responsible persons will tell me uh, what I should be uh, aiming aiming for, and I can. Then later on, I can, uh, you know, uh, aim for a uh, for a specific training. Uh, but uh, right now, I am really open uh, to any type of the leg. I think I can do good races uh, in the beginning of the relay races. I can run the first or, or second legs. Uh, for example, I've done a really good first leg at Yukola uh, last year. I came third from the first leg, and uh, I think it was a really, really good uh, uh, performance from me. Uh, but I also, also, I think uh, I can do great legs uh, somewhere in the end of the relay. But I will see, that... uh, definitely. I'm really open to any option, and uh, I will do uh, as much as possible to perform very well when uh, the time will come. Yes, uh, of course, uh, that that's uh, uh, that will be really interesting. But uh, yeah, you said they were going to Finland. Is it half a year or is it a whole year or or how will it be uh, for you? I'm not sure right now. Uh, my plan is uh, 
to stay here for a half year, but uh, I think that uh, there is a possibility to stay there for the whole year. Uh, so I will see uh, when I will come to Finland uh, how it is there, and then I can uh, decide if it's uh, uh, if it's possible to stay there for the uh, the whole year. So yeah, I have both uh, both options, and uh, I will see what uh, I will decide. Yeah, back uh, back to you said uh, the Czech team. It's quite uh, you said it's a good team, quite difficult to qualify. Uh, that's uh, that's the the bad thing about uh, having a good team. But uh, the good things is that you have good matching in the training camps uh, with such uh, runners as, uh, for example, Thomas Hivda. Uh, how is it you compared to to him? He is uh, yeah in the world elite. Uh, is it a big step? Yeah, he's definitely in a totally different level than me right now. I see that uh, I will have to uh, make a a uh, really huge step forward to at least compare with him. So uh, I see that there is so much work to do. Uh, Thomas Krivila is uh, the world-class athlete right now and uh, I will have to wait a uh, few years to compare with him. And also there are different runners as um, Miloš Nikodim or Wojtěch Kral who are really, who are still uh, on a higher level, and uh, yeah, there will be a long way for me uh, to get at the level uh, as uh, they are right now. Uh, you are uh, reading your studies uh, for an exam, uh, and you mentioned Milos Nikodim, and he is uh, training at the Tenerife uh, Orienteering Technical. Is it uh, tough for you uh, being uh, bent over the books when he is uh, <laughs> training already? So. Uh, in so nice weather. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, really difficult uh, to, you know, ignore all the posts on uh, Strava and Instagram uh, because I see that uh, at Tenerife he has a really nice weather. Uh, sun is shining all the day, and here in Prague, uh, where I am right now, it's uh, cloudy and uh, the snow is melting, so it's a bit, uh, you know. Uh, Depression for me right now, but uh, I think uh, when I will come to Finland, everything uh, will be uh, a different. <laughs> yeah, then then this will be really good. Uh, um, yeah, as we mentioned, uh, two gold medals uh, in the Jaywalk uh, this year, and uh, also one silver medal and uh, king of the champs. Uh, I would say, uh, for how long will we have to wait until uh, we can see such results from you in the senior class? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, the last year was uh, really special and uh, uh, I didn't even think uh, before the championship that I can do such great results here. So uh, it was special, I must say, and uh, I hope that uh, I will be able to uh, have similar results uh, also in the senior class. So I don't know if it can take uh, two years, five years or 10 years. Uh, so as I said, I have to be really patient, uh, train, uh, train more and more and uh, train really good, also recover really good. And 
yeah, I will have to make a huge step to compare with the top athletes. Uh, I know that Kasper Fosser uh, made it uh, already uh, in the same year uh, when he won uh, the last the, the his last uh, JWOC. Uh, he was second uh, in the World Championship in Norway, so uh, he was special one. And uh, I don't think that I will be same as him. Uh, I see that uh, I will still have to wait some years uh, to get such a great result as I did uh, this year at JWOC. Uh, I uh, can feel that you are quite uh, you like to talk in uh, in the results and not in big words. Uh, uh, but it's really interesting uh, to hear that you're so uh, clever, if I could use that word, uh, to be patient and uh, uh, it's really interesting to hear your plans um, for the winter training and the future and uh, yeah thanks a lot for uh, having time in between uh, reading to uh, till exams for being in the podcast uh, Jakob and it will be really exciting to follow you yeah both the next year and also in uh, as you said five and ten years furthermore thanks a lot yeah thank you very much thank you for your invitation and uh... Good luck with the podcast. The last part to go. Jakub Sholupski there and uh, Ivan National uh, orienteering here again. Um, yeah, uh, we were uh, talking a bit. He is uh, setting the the goal at uh, World Champs in Finland in 2025 and also the European Champs uh, ne- next uh, late summer. Uh, we saw him already in the World Cup uh, this season, uh, both in Czech Republic and uh, at the European Champs in Italy. Yeah, uh, we need to uh, have some uh, wise thoughts from you, Ivar. Um, what can we uh, expect from him uh, next season? Uh, first, I think it's important that we are being a bit patient, giving him some time. Uh, I think he mentioned it uh himself that yeah some guys like Kasper Fosse they go up and they make the step directly uh that is not the normal thing uh most guys they need yeah one two three years uh, to close the steps and I mean he said it himself at the moment a guy like Thomas Grivda is much much better than him and he sees that every time they're training together and every time they're racing together in Czech Republic and we know that Grivda is yeah he's a he's a top 10 guy in the world definitely uh, maybe even higher maybe top six in the forest orienteering you could say um, so it's a it's a big step the step from junior to elite uh, it is big even for the best ones uh, but we saw this year in the world cup that in the sprint race in czech republic he had a good performance and that was a race where quite a lot of good runners really messed up big time and there he got the top 20 results so that's 20 result in the World Cup as a junior, that's a very, very strong race. Uh, but he also ran the forest races and there he placed barely in the top 50. And also at the at the European Champs, I think he, he did a very, very good sprint uh, qualifier, making it to the final of the sprint because that was very close. Uh, but in the sprint final, he was the, he was the last guy. Uh, so yeah, still some, still a big step up, but I mean, he's so young. Uh, and very very promising and I think it's good that he is realistic about his chances so it's not like he's expecting to go into the yeah I won junior world champs I can win world champs uh, the next year I mean 
for most people it doesn't work that way um but yeah um european champs next year should be in a terrain that suits him pretty well uh, so that's a good a good test uh, and then of course with the with the longer term goal with uh, finland looking two years in front um I would I would say that uh, that's probably not really a long term goal, uh, but yeah, I mean when you're when you're young, two two years that equals ten percent of the life he's been living. So uh, yeah, maybe it's long in that perspective. Yeah, and uh, even though he's uh, quite uh, uh, he's quite downplaying his goal, maybe uh, and this uh, weekend we uh, it was this uh, cross country race. Uh, and there was a Norwegian. He was a silver medalist in the men's class. And after the race, he said, uh, before the race, uh, I said it was top 10 was my goal. But actually, it was a medal. Uh, so he don't play his, uh, his goals in the media. So uh, Jakob's always, uh, he can also potentially be in don't playing his, uh, his ambitions a bit. But uh, that's wise. Yeah. Definitely, and I think it's uh, it's a very good decision for him to go to to Tampere for yeah a half year or maybe a full year. Uh, I think it's always good to yeah have some change of environment and also to get some new technical challenges. And I mean the terrain in Tampere is very different from the terrain he's been growing up to in in Czech Republic and has that's his home trains. Um, so I think that's a that's a good step in his development, and also going to Tampere Pirenta, uh, that's a very interesting choice uh, because Tampere Pirenta is definitely one of the best best clubs in the in the world in the big relays. Uh, and I mean, with I think it's a bit too early for Shalupski to start thinking about, or for us to start thinking about him as the as the last leg runner. Uh, but I can I think in the future if he has a good development. Uh, he could be a guy that is running, yeah, last leg or second last leg for for Tampere in the big relays, and will be fighting for the win for the win there. Yeah, definitely, it will be interesting. Uh, we know that uh, Tampere had a really good relay season this season, and uh, 2024 uh, they will be even stronger. So if they play the cards uh, well, they uh, they can be contending to. Uh, to uh, maybe a victory in uh, Team Milayupla. Definitely, uh, but yeah, and, and I think yeah, even in short term next year, I think Jakub Filipski has a lot to offer to the team. Uh, I mean, he said it himself. Like he had a, a Yukula last year, he was in the top five or top three on the first leg, and this year he ran a very good second leg at Team uh, So this is a guy that can run long and tough legs, also in the night. Uh, even if he's not a lot of experience from racing and training in Scandinavia. Uh, so I think, uh, yeah, I think Tom Kripirinto is doing a lot of things right with getting him here. Yeah, definitely. And um, if uh, you are doing uh, things right, uh, you will uh, maybe also listen to Even National next week. Uh, I think we are finished there, aren't we? Yeah, I think we are. We are done for this week. Uh, we're, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about next week, but hopefully we will have a very interesting guest and maybe some some more silly season stuff and other news from the orienteering world is worth discussing. Yes, and uh, keep up the listening and we will be back. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Oh, 
mannen dro ut och löp orientering med kart och kompass och med riktiga sko. Sikta sågar efter bästa notering för kroppen var lätt och god. I vår National Orienteering Podcast Mapping Compass, Navigation Skill, Orienteering Competition Nej, man mött nog jävligt på, på bossen här uppe Running like a motherfucker I vår National Orienteering Podcast